Hello family, I hope that you are doing great today. Whenever you're watching this, hope that you're with us online this morning on Sunday, but maybe you're only seeing this later. And uh, I am here this, this day to share with you that I believe we are in an incredible season ahead of us. I believe it is a season, a new season upon us. It's a season of new beginnings as we embark on a season of prayer. Over the next few weeks, we will not only teach about prayer, but we will practice to pray. We will learn how to pray. We will pray together as a community, both online and in our gatherings. And I really believe that God has been building something in His Spirit for us to get into and step into for the weeks and months ahead of us as we go on this journey together. So it's my privilege today to welcome you to this journey of prayer as we walk through prayer and grow in prayer together as a community. When you think about prayer, there's much in life that can be taken away from us. But prayer are one of those things that we can always do. Even if we go through some of the most difficult moments in life, and even though our worlds might physically and, and emotionally or whatever ways fall apart, prayer is a constant thing that is always available to us. As long as we have language, as long as we have thought, as long as there's breath in our lungs, we can pray. So pray is, an, is something that has unceasing access. And, and that's an amazing thought when you think about it. It's the one thing that the human soul can do in whatever physical state we might find ourselves in. So over the weeks to come, we're going to be in a season of growing. Growing closer to Him, closer to our Father, closer to Jesus, closer in our relationship with Holy Spirit. And we're going to be growing closer as a community, but we're also going to be growing in fruit and effectivity and becoming more Christ-like as we pray more and spend more time with Him. We started the prayer course last week in some of our small groups. Some small groups are starting this week. On Tuesday night, we are kicking off a prayer course here at the living room for you to be here if you want to join that. And, and then on the Sundays going forward, we won't just be preaching and doing the normal things we do on the Sunday. We're actually going to be praying on Sunday mornings. We're going to spend time to pray together, to pray for the nations of the world, to pray for friends across the world, to pray for one another. There's going to be quick application to the Word in this season ahead of us. So I want you to ready your heart as we start this morning. The series is going to be titled, Teach Us to Pray. And those exact words are actually found in the Bible in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read together. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray. This is fascinating, because practically, the disciples knew how to pray. They've been exercising prayer traditionally, most of them coming out of a Jewish background, and, and the people of God has been praying, and they've been praying often and been praying on their Fridays and Shabbat and into Saturdays and visiting the synagogues and the temples. So prayer is something that they've done, and we're almost halfway through the gospel according to Luke. So they've been with Jesus, and they've seen prayer, yet they ask, Teach us to pray. And I believe what it is, is they wanted to move away from the practicalities of prayer and ask Jesus, what's the heart of prayer? 
What is, what is at the bottom of it? Jesus, give us some insight as to what happens when we pray and how best to pray so that we can partner with you and this kingdom that we're seeing happening in front of us. They were after the heart of prayer. And I believe that Jesus is about to lead us there, to lead us as a community to the heartbeat of what prayer is about. When I think about prayer, I, I imagine it to be like watercolor in paint. I've got some watercolors here in front of me and some watercolor paintings. And this specific one is one that we are very fond of. Um, it was given to us by Auntie Anne in church. It's called Hope. A beautiful, beautiful watercolor image that she's painted. Absolutely love it. I'm going to put that one aside. And then I've got a surprising one here. This is one that Helena actually painted. Um, one of her own. Uh, I don't know what we're calling it. Just dog or something like that. It's up for sale. Um, she needs some pocket money. So anyone want to buy it? Just let her know. I'm joking. <laughs> that's just a side joke. Um, but that's one of Helena's watercolor paintings. And then this one has been in our office um, for quite some time here in, in the living room. But the, the thing about watercolor, which makes it different than painting with, with other mediums of paint is that there's a lot of fluidity in it that if you paint with watercolor you'll find that you can really try and, and paint a perfect line and I think with time you would be able to to choose a color and and paint a little bit more effectively but because it's water there's there's flowing happening and it makes me think about prayer because Prayer is something fluid. And although we try and, and, and figure out how to do it in certain lines and in certain ways, it has some fluidity to it. And that's beautiful. Because although we, we know how to pray and we are taught how to pray, prayer has got so many expressions. And over the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at all those expressions. But back to the watercolor palette here on the side. What I love about this is other in, in otherness to, to other mediums like oil is that this palette can dry out at any point. But if you just add a little bit of water, you can access and use the paint again. And I believe that's how prayer is. It might be that we find ourselves in dry seasons in our prayer walk and our prayer journey. But if we say, Lord, will you come with the refreshing water of your spirit and the water of your word and come and, and saturate us again Prayer is something that we can exercise once more in our lives. And then there's all these colors to use on the color palette. And some of us like the bright colors. I naturally chose the reds and the oranges and, and the, 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 the nice purple there. But some of us like the greens and the yellows or some of us like black and white. But prayer is multicolorful. There's so many expressions of prayer. And I believe that in this season, some of us might find ourselves using some of the other colors that we haven't used before. If you're feeling dry today, if you're feeling like prayer is colorless, if, if you feel like um, you just don't know how to do it and, and you might be too scared to actually take the plunge and, and, and just paint because you're scared of where this fluid might run, my encouragement to you today is that the season ahead of us is one where our prayers will become pieces of art that we can all present to our Father. That He's not after a perfect, meticulated drawing that takes hours to complete, but He's just saying, 
Let the water of my spirit and my word be in you and let the color of prayer come out and, and be saturated once more and let's go on this journey of prayer. I think if we knew the full extent of what happens when we pray, we would pray much more. Don't know if you knew this, but scripture teaches us, and I'm going to go there in a moment in Revelation, that our prayers are presented in heaven as a sweet-smelling incense to God. Let's read Revelation 5 and Revelation 8. Revelation, Revelation 5 verse 8 says this, The four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lord, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And then chapter 8 says this, And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Here the apostle John is in heaven. And he sees beyond the veil, he sees in heaven what happens with our prayers. When we pray, it is presented to God as incense. It is presented to God as worship. Did you ever knew that? That every time you close your eyes or speak to God in your mind or open up your mouth to pray, it is a presentation of worship to our God in heaven. Isn't that just amazing? Doesn't that put a fire in your soul to say, Lord, if that is the case, come on, I want to pray more. I want to understand how to pray more. I want to pray better. I want to pray saturated. I want to pray colorfully because that is what you have for me. When we pray, the angelic host in heaven, together with God on his throne, receives our prayers. Reminds me of Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah was in the throne room of God. And it said that the hem, the edge, the train of God's robe filled the whole temple. Literally just the hem filled the whole temple. That's the glory of what we see in heaven. And, and Isaiah also had a picture of heaven just like that. And he also speaks about the angels flying around. Our prayers get to go to that place. Whenever it prays, it says that the saints pray. Our prayers are presented to God, God as incense. It's something that he enjoys. It's something that he values. It's something that he is seeking after. If I had to stop there today, I hope that you're already sensing, come on, I want to pray. So let's start today. What, how, do we, how do we position ourselves for this season ahead? Just like I spoke about the watercolors and, and these four different things here. I've got water. I've got a piece of paper to paint on. I've got the brushes on this side. And then I've got the color palette of paint on this side. There are four things that I want to share with you today to get you going on this prayer journey. The first one of the four is that prayer is relationship with the Father. Prayer is relationship with the Father. If you think about watercolor for a moment, if there's no water, there's not going to be any painting. And in the same way, if there's no relationship with the Father, water is the essence of water painting or watercolor painting. There's no relationship with the Father. The essence is relationship. Prayer is not something that would be in our lives or even be effective in our lives. So it's as simple as speaking to a real person. 
if you've got people in the room with you, just look around and quickly say something. I'm going to give you a moment just to say a sentence. All of you at the same time, go. Just as you have now said something, that's how simple prayer is. It's by knowing that our Father is with us. It's by knowing that Christ dwells within us. That we are in Christ and Christ is in us and we are in the Father and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So it's as simple as opening up our mouths and speaking to Him. It's all about relationship. And Jesus teaches this in Matthew chapter 6 in the beautiful Sermon on the Mount. He stops and He talks about prayer. Because He wants us to know how simple and how easy it is. Let's read together a couple of verses. We're going to read Matthew 6, verses 6 to 9. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Three verses and three times Jesus speaks about our Father. And He speaks about our Father who sees in the secret where you shut your door and you pray. It doesn't really mean always a physical door to go pray behind. It's just that place of intimacy with Him. The Father sees that. But then He also says, that the Father knows. Not only does He see your prayers and, and, and sees your secret place moments, He knows what you need. So you don't have to come with all these perfect words and great ideas. You can just speak to Him like, like any child would to a dad because He knows already what you need. And then I love this. When you address Him, say our Father, which speaks about close relationship with, with a good father, with a dad, but then in heaven Re reminding us that's the position of where he is seated in heaven the scripture says the earth holds, uh, hangs like uh, like a ball in inside of him his presence so when we pray we've got to understand it's purely relationship it's connecting with our father who sees our father who knows and our father who is in heaven where all authority belongs to him that already takes the pressure off us we're just simply going to our Father. And that's the invitation and will be the invitation throughout this journey is come to the Father and be with Him. Grow in your relationship with Him, your intimacy with Him. Abide in Him. Secondly is that prayer is faith in action. Think about this for a moment. Every time anyone prays, there has to be a measure of faith applied. You would not pray if there wasn't even just a little measure of faith. Why would you pray? It would be absolutely useless. So every time we pray, we are actually putting faith into action. You won't even think about prayer if, if you didn't believe that your prayer would be answered to some degree. You see, faith is the conduit. It's like the brush. The brush touches the water but then the brush is the one thing that touches the water, the palette, the paint, and the paper. And that's what faith does. It touches the water, our relationship with the Father. It touches the color that we choose to paint with. 
and then it touches the place where the prayers go. It's that conduit that we need. And you know what? Even the smallest measure is welcomed by our Father. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read it to us. Um, let me just get there quickly. Luke chapter 17, verse 5 and 6. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Isn't that amazing? They say, Lord, give us more faith, because we want to see great things and amazing things. He says, you know what? The measure of faith you need is as small as a mustard seed, the smallest seed that you can imagine. That is enough. So sometimes we pray and we feel like our faith is waning. We just don't have the faith to pray. When we come to the Father and we are saturated in our relationship with Him like the water and we use this conduit of faith and we apply it to the water and to the color and to the paper, it doesn't matter what measure we have. As long as we take that measure to Him, we can see the miraculous take place in our midst. Just a little measure of faith is significant. So bring whatever you have over the next few weeks. I believe we're going to grow in our faith. I think our measure is going to increase. We might start off with a mustard seed, but by the end of this journey, we might just stand with a handful of faith-filled expectations of what God can do. And I believe we will see the miraculous happen, just as Jesus explained, that tree to be removed, and another gospel speaks about the mountain that will move. Thirdly, prayer is meant to be frequent. It's not something that happens once a month when we gather. It's not something that happens briefly after a sermon or quickly on the road to work when we just want to quickly ask God for help for the day. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop constantly. And the more we are in love with the Father and have relationship with Him and are aware of His presence in our lives, prayer is just a 24-7 thing. It's something that I love doing is taking moments throughout the day and just closing my eyes and thinking about Him and speaking to Him. David says, I meditate upon your word day and night. It's with me always. I meditate upon you day and night. I think about you. We see it in the life of Jesus. Even, even Jesus frequently had to remove Himself from the crowds to go and be with the Father. And one of the greatest examples we have on this idea of frequency in prayer is, is in, in Daniel's life. Daniel was captured and bought and taken by King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, together with some other men that were promising young men, and they were taken captive, and they were treated well, and they were given access to a whole lot of things in the Babylonian kingdom. But it's interesting that one of the things that King Nebuchadnezzar said should happen is that they should be taught the language and literature of the Babylonian culture. Uh, just a little bit of a side note, that's exactly what the world does to us all the time. The language and the culture and the literature of culture around us is being enforced upon us at all times. It's being enforced on our children at all times, because that's the world we live in. But there was something else in Daniel's life and his friends' lives. And, and you guys know how the story progressed, how his friends said that we won't bow before any other God and they were thrown in the fire and Jesus was with them in the midst. But three kings down the line, Daniel still being in, in the Babylonian captivity and still serving there 
is under the rule of King Darius. And something amazing happens. King Darius, and you know the story of the dreams, but King Darius is intrigued and encouraged by his, his satraps or those who give him advice to say, you know what, why don't you, why don't you put up a massive statue of yourself and everyone in your kingdom should bow before that statue and worship the statue. But then we read in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 what Daniel did. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, the document to say that everyone should bow before the statue, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. We see something here in the life of Daniel that I believe kept him from the culture and language and literature of the world that he was immersed in and kept him set apart for God. Even so that when he faced death and he was in the threat of death in his face, he said, I'm going to keep praying. Prayer was his success and livelihood. And that's really the paper or the medium that receives the paint in the story. It's the boundary lines that we need in order to paint a piece of art for God. We need something to apply to. We need structure. And the way that we grow in our prayer life is to do it frequently and often and daily and actually set aside time to be with Him. Even if the culture detects something different, even if it means we could die, would we still go to our place of prayer and be with our Father like Daniel did? In the season we are in, we need it more than ever. In the seasons that the world will be in in the future, we're going to need it more than ever. We need to double up on our prayer time to face this world that we are in. And then the last and fourth and final thing I want to share with you on prayer today is that prayer is colorful. Just like this watercolor palette. Just look at those colors. They, they are just absolutely amazing. And if you start mixing them, <laughs> you can start creating more different colors. Scriptures teach us that there's so many ways to pray. There's so many ways to build relationship with the Father. There's so many ways to do things for His kingdom. We pray through worship. We pray through warfare. We pray through petition. We can pray through contemplation, thanksgiving. We can pray through waiting, just to be still and know that He is God. We pray through asking. We pray through praising. We pray through intercession. We pray through long prayers and we pray through short prayers. It is absolutely impossible to study all of these in a couple of months, in a couple of weeks. But scriptures are full of the people of God who has prayed in an array of ways. And it made me think of Ephesians 3 verse 10 that reads like this. It says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety, in its colorful ways, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. God has chosen as His church, His people, to be colorful to the spiritual world in the various ways that His wisdom is applied in our lives. And we access that through prayer. 
We access that in praying in various ways, not just a little skit in the mornings and Lord protect us and guide us and let that be amazing, but singing a song of, of Lord protect us and guide us and bless us, but praying sometimes for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, joining a prayer group, getting a brother or sister and say, pray with me in agreement, prayers of agreement, going to places of just being quiet and waiting on him, him before he speaks to us, praying in the spirit, and to be empowered in the Spirit and praying in the spiritual gifts of tongues. There's so many things that He has given us. It is colorful. How can we even think that this is boring? It's full of color and it displays the awesome, varied wisdom of God. And over the next few weeks, we will learn how to pray with the different colors that He has for us. So as I conclude this morning... I want to remind us of the four things that I said. Prayer is simply relationship with the Father. Speaking to someone you know and is desperate for you to know Him more. Secondly, prayer is putting faith into action. Every time you pray, you are applying faith. So if you feel like you don't have faith, just start praying and I promise you that faith will increase. Also, prayer is something that we should do frequently. We should find the times in our days in our weeks, in our weekends, our months, that we set aside and said, Lord, these are my three times a day. These are my five times a week. However you structure it, I'm going to come back to that place of prayer because in this world, I need it to stand. Even if death is in my face, I will continue to pursue you. And then prayer is full of creativity, full of color, full of God's varied wisdom. And what I want us to do now, to set our hearts on Him for the season ahead, is to think about those four things. Your relationship with Him, your faith, the measure of faith that you have. And when you pray, putting that into action. Think about the frequency in which you pray. And I believe Holy Spirit will speak to some of you and say, I need you to get up a little bit earlier and pray a little bit more. Think about the ways in which you pray. And maybe today there's a hunger in your heart to learn how to pray in the different ways that we possibly can. And to you, I want to say, hang in there. We're going to grow in this. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a moment to consider that. And there will be some music playing. And then out of this moment, we're going to end with a worship song today. And this worship song is brand new. It's from Every Nation Music, just been released. But it's such a prophetic song for where we are at as Every Nation Psalms. So we're saying this is the day of new beginnings. As we engage in prayer, as we grow in prayer, we will see God do new and amazing things in our midst. And if we pray one simple prayer today as we leave this moment, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus is so ready to step into your world and do just that. So let's think about Him for a moment and how we can learn to pray in the weeks to come.